saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Welcome to the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. another edition of the Debbie Delight brought to you by Expand the Box Score. On today's episode, we're going to spend the next hour talking about how amazing Joe Burrow is. I'm kidding, slightly. As always, I am joined with my partner in crime, Stoops. How are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, no, we literally will talk about him for an hour. We'll get to the uh, the main segment about an hour and a half. So. Exactly. So we'll, we'll timestamp that for you, but... Um, I do want to talk about it quickly because obviously out there is more things to talk about than Joe Burrow, but a few things that I want to say is, and I've said this on this podcast, and I've been saying this on this podcast since I think like episode three. You can go back and listen. I promise that you will not. I am not lying. But there is not a better closer in football than Joe Burrow. And I repeat that over and over and over again. There were several times that that they had threatened to make this a real game. And there, and then they did. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously, at one particular time in this game, it was, you know, they scored the touchdown, and they made it 33-27 um, to 27 at one point. And then, you know, LSU gets the ball back. And then, of course, all the pressure is on at that point. You know what I mean? So this is what I mean by closer, guys. Third and three from the Alabama 49. Joe Burrow throws a uh, first down to Justin Jefferson for 13 yards. Third down and 10. Joe Burrow throws a pass to Clyde for 11 yards for another first down. Obviously, third and five from the 20. They could have settled for the field goal there, which would have made it uh, 35-27. Still only one possession game there. Instead, Joe Burrow runs up the middle, and I think which was the play of the game, in my opinion. I'm not just saying that because of Joe Burrow, but third and five on the Alabama 20. He rushes, he gets a 15-yard gain down to the Alabama 5, and then Clyde takes care of the rest there. And that get, that made it 39-27. And, of course, you know, Joe Burrow's got to, you know, as, as often as it sounds, he's got to do it again. You know what I mean? It's now 39-34 because Tua drives down the field and throws it to Judy, and they score a touchdown. So here we go again. First play on that drive, Burrow to chase, 29 yards. Next is second and 14 after Burrow takes a sack. 17-yard pass to Jefferson. What I'm saying here consistently, third and two at the Alabama 25, Joe Burrow with another 18-yard gain. What I mean by closer, folks, is somebody that's going to consistently, you know, consistently score points even though, I mean, he, at that point in time, he had already scored 30, you know, 39 points. What more could you ask from Joe Burrow at the time and say, look, man, I hate to tell you this, but we need another touchdown from you. And every single time they needed him to score a touchdown, he scored a touchdown. He put the team on his back, and it was impressive to see. I mean, he did this against Alabama, folks. 31 of 39, 393 yards, and three touchdowns. He had 14 carries for 64 yards, and he had three 
rushing first downs. Three rushing first downs in that game. He ended with a quarterback rating of 189.5 and was just, he just dissected the best team, you know, one of the best teams in the country, if not, you know, the best team in the country. And I've said it once and I said it a thousand times, he is checking off every single box this year against the big games. That's all I got right now, Steeps. Now, and, and to your point, like, I'm, I'm, I've got his, his stats pulled up, you know, per, uh, Per week, and, and when you look at the the opponents that they've faced, LSU has had a very tough schedule. Um, albeit Texas hasn't quite turned out to be the team that we thought they were gonna be. They're showing glimpses of it, and then they show that they're not there, and then they are, and then they're not. They're going back and forth, but nonetheless, against a Texas, a Florida, Auburn, and Alabama team, against those four opponents, Joe Burrow's thrown for. Over 14, almost 1,500 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, and I'm looking at it, I think one, two interceptions altogether. So almost 1,500 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, passing touchdowns, um, some rushing touchdowns mixed in there as well. I'm sure I don't have those, you know, I'm not going to waste too much time looking at it, but nonetheless, only two interceptions in those big games. So, I mean, he just, he looked phenomenal. And what I can say, We've said it. We're not huge Tua fans, but what I will say is props to Tua. He he had to have been in pain the entire game. Yeah, He was limping off the field almost every drive, and dude went out there and just absolutely pushed through everything. And he – he I don't know how to say it. He – I still have my 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 reserve my reservation I guess you know on how he'll be at the next level but man to see him push through that type of I guess you could say adversity through the surgery all that stuff and to come back and you knew he was coming back you know when Nick Saban says oh he's a game time decision oh we don't know no Nick we know he's playing <laughs> yeah, you know what definitely. I mean like we know he's playing so in the end um and and that last the that what was it the sixty or the eighty five yard touchdown that yeah. last one to to Smith, I didn't notice it, but it was pointed out. They had a very sneaky. They looked over to the sideline. Um, Alabama did to make it seem as if they were basically changing the play, and he clapped it before he he clapped before he even looked back, basically making the LSU defense feel, hey, they're going to change the play, and they don't. And man, Smith just burned them, you know. And it was just one of those phenomenal Alabama play calls. Um, just kept the game interesting. It was a little too late, but but Tua, you know, he he did look very very good in that game, especially coming back from from you know the ankle injury. He didn't run as much, obviously, not that he's a big runner, but um, overall, man, that game was that game lived up to everything we wanted it to. Um, and I even told you before we started recording, the score to me doesn't indicate how the game felt. Um, I felt LS, LSU just absolutely dominated that game start to finish, um, albeit Alabama coming on strong at the end. But it, it, it felt like a very, very big and, and, and much – I don't even want to call it a much-needed win on LSU's side, but they needed that type of a win to really push themselves. Um, but, man, it didn't, it didn't feel as close as the score indicates. No, not at all. I mean, they put up 33 first-half points against Alabama. I mean, when does mm-hmm. that doesn't happen a lot. You know, People what I mean? don't put up 33 points against Alabama at all. Period. Period. Yeah, you're right. Period. And and the crazy thing about it was, is, is you know, we were texting back and forth. Tua looked t- terrible in the first half. Terrible. Yeah. He did look better in the second half. I will say that 
that second half they really relied on Najee Harris, like who looked big time. Oh my god! Like, look, there was no. This is this is going to be the most watched game of the year period outside of obviously the national championship games. So for me. There's no everybody's eyes on this game. There's NFL scouts at this game. There's NFL scouts watching from home. There's GMs watching the game, etc., etc., etc. And the guys that need to step up and make some plays to really up their case in this class of unbelievable talent. Like Najee Harris did a fantastic job. I mean, even even Devontae Smith had a just another monster game. It feels like if he has a game that he's going to be good, he just goes out and kills it. It's his second 200-yard game of the year. Um, it, it, it's insane what he's done in, in the few games. Seven catches, 213, two touchdowns. That's insane. And, of course, obviously somebody will talk about it a little bit later, but Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, I mean, 20, he, he looked fantastic. And, and, so did, and so did Jamar Chase as well. Jamar Chase looked fantastic as well. I can't wait to talk about him next year because he is going to be somebody we're going to talk about a lot next year. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, um, Minnie, Minnie Moss looked pretty good too. Um, he looks like he, you know, I said this um, to somebody else. I said, man, if he's like half as good as his dad is, he's going to be a good player in the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah, but this exactly. game, it did. This game lived up to the hype. Um, we talked about it. It's been circled on everybody's calendar ever since you know, the beginning of time. Obviously, there's still a few big tests for LSU along the way. I mean, it's not a cakewalk the rest of the way. They still play a couple. Um, they play uh, Ole Miss, uh, They play Ole Miss next week, and then they've got Arkansas, and then they play um, They play against the 17th worst te- uh, Texas team um, on the 30th. So, and obviously, they have the SEC championship game after that. So, um, it's going to be interesting. I-, I think it was a fantastic game, like, you know, Stoop said. Um it lived up to everything that I wanted it to be and more. And Joe Burrow, just in my opinion, it was nice to see everybody else talk about what we've been talking about on this podcast for several weeks now, Stoops. Exactly. And and that's the biggest thing is just getting and, – and, and we people knew his name, obviously. He was, he'd, been, he'd been named the starter. We've heard the name. But you definitely jumped on um, much earlier than a lot of other people. And to that point, there was people who were even on him before the season, st- season started. Yep. It's just no one was talking about him. So to jump on him that early into the season, and, and obviously he's just continued to prove himself week, week after week. You know, It's just been phenomenal to see the progression. Yeah, it's gonna be insane. I think that I think unless for some reason they lose the next three straight games, like he's got the he's got the Heisman in the bag, and yeah. he's not turning back. Um, all right, folks, uh, enough about that big game. Obviously, we went to cover it not just for Joe Burrow's sake, but there was a lot of other big time play game uh, playmakers in that game, especially with Tua kind both of both sides of the ball. Bo- exactly on both sides of the ball is a big time game. Um, and, and we we had to talk about it, obviously. But folks, this week, well, last week we did the quarterbacks. We gave you some guys that were that rose, rose up our charts. We gave our rankings. So check out that podcast. But this week we're going to cover the running backs. Um, a little over a month and a half ago, we covered the running back position. A lot has shifted. A lot has changed, including that game that we just talked about. Uh, uh, both you know both guy both running backs in that game have skyrocketed up our uh, rankings, and we're going to talk a little bit about more of that later. But we're going to uh, dive about one guy that has moved up our rankings and then one guy that has moved down our rankings like we did with the quarterback. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to dive and we're going to give you our top 10, our our new top 10 
um, 2020 running back big board. So I'm excited to dive in the running back position because this class is insanely loaded. Um, Stoops and I, I know for me, it took me a while to figure out who I was going to talk about my down guy. And and Stoops agreed to, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I know we talked about it off the air, but it was kind of hard to find a guy that was going down because none of the guys really have been down. It's just some of these other guys are just doing so much more than the others that you have to move them up the, you know, up the board, you know? And that was the biggest thing when I was trying to figure out who my down guy was going to be. It, it, it'll make more sense when we talk about it later. He, he kind of is my only option to be um, my down guy. But even at that, it's not even questioning his skill. It's just that everyone has been producing more or, or looks better on the field necessarily. Um, it was very difficult to figure that out and much less who am I going to rank where, you know what I mean? That was, <laughs> I love all of them. So it was kind of just, it was hard to, to put an actual place on them, but I feel like I got a good, good grasp on where I like these guys right now. So it was, it was definitely a, a challenge for sure. Agree. Let's go ahead and dive into these guys. All right, folks, we're going to dive into the guys that moved up our up our rankings, um, Stoops, and I'm going to let you kick it off for one guy that we mentioned a little bit earlier. Yep, the guy that I'm going to touch base on is LSU running back O'Clyde Edwards um, Hilaire. He he actually was was he was unranked for me before. I'll, I'll just he was unranked, um, you know, because we did our went through and did the kind of like a top 15 previously, I believe it was, but he was unranked for me, but. It, the big and he's been doing it all season. He really has, but to see what he did during in that Alabama game, twenty carries, one hundred and three yards, three rushing touchdowns, caught all nine passes that were thrown <laughs> his way for seventy-seven yards and another touchdown, one hundred and eighty total yards. He counted for ten first downs in that game alone. He to do that against Alabama is to do that in any game. First of all. To do that in any game is is unbelievable, but to do that against a top notch um, program in, in the college level, much like you know Alabama, they just got a top defense year in and year out, was just amazing. But to look deeper into the season as a whole, when they played Texas, um, number nine at the time, um, fifteen rushing attempts, eighty seven yards with a, t- a rushing touchdown, he got sixty six point seven percent of his passes there for only fifteen yards, but he accounted for one hundred and two total yards in that game. Um, Against Florida, he had 134 um, total yards, and he um, had two rushing touchdowns in that one. And against Auburn, another top defense, um, 136 rushing yards, 51 receiving, um, 187 total yards, nine first downs. So when he's doing this against the top-notch programs in the country, um, that's just phenomenal. And, man, that spin move is probably (laughs) the nastiest spin move I have seen in a very long time, especially on the football field. You see guys spin around and his, I don't know how he's been so fast. I I don't know to be honest with you, but it's absolutely amazing. Um, As far as his player production goes, team yard distribution, he's number one on the team at 20, 20 20.4%. Dominator ratings only at a 4.5, but out of a running back, you usually don't see um, it, it too terribly high. Still number seven on the team. His red zone production um, as a whole, um, pretty phenomenal, um, honestly, in my opinion. 44 rushing attempts, 163 yards, 10 rushing touchdowns inside the red zone. Um, he's got three catches inside the red zones for 22 yards and one touchdown as well. So essentially all of his touchdowns are coming inside the red zone, which speaks volumes for, for him as a player. I mean, he's 
He's 5'8", 209, um, so not a very tall guy, but for his size, he's got some weight behind him, so he's able to, to put some some momentum in, into his runs. Um, and he's very fat his size, too. For being 5'8", generally you have a little bit shorter strides, but, man, he's a very quick running back for his size, especially having the weight that he does. Um, as far as explosive plays go, um, he's got 47 touches that go for eight yards or more, um, which is 29% of his total touches, 162 total. And he's got seven plays that go for 21 yards or more. Um, so that's just, that's just huge. But that just kind of speaks to his, his, his play style. He is a, a very ground and pound kind of uh, running back. But, man, he, he's a phenomenal pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, he, he does it willingly, and he does it very well. Um, so five games of 100 total total um, yards from scrimmage, 100 plus yards, I should say, total scrimmage. He scored a touchdown in seven, um, in a touchdown of seven of nine games, and three of those seven games had multiple touchdowns. And as I said, that spin move is just absolutely phenomenal. When I was going through, so we do this all the time, right? We do this player comp thing, and I'm just sitting here, and it kind of just clicked in my head. There was a running back uh, that played at UCLA many, many years ago, Maurice Jones-Drew. He strikes me as a Maurice Jones-Drew. Maurice Jones-Drew, 5'7", 210 pounds, essentially the same size. Um, Coming out of high school, Maurice Jones-Drew was a four-star prospect. He was 97th in his class, and he was the 10th overall running back, um, number one all-purpose back, and he was ranked 14th in the state of California. Clyde coming out of high school, he was a three-star prospect, ranked 378th in his class, so much lower. Uh, 29th ranked overall running back in the number five all-purpose back, number 15 in, in, um, in the state of Louisiana. So a little bit lower in their rankings, but as we've seen, Jonathan Taylor was a three-star prospect coming out. It, potential is always there, and your work ethic is going to get you further than what grades will, obviously, early on grades. So the fact that Clytus came in, and, and, and I don't know if you saw after the game, I saw a clip. Um, uh, which him and his dad? This, this, Yeah, and this lady uh. kept tapping his arm, like, lady, go away. Yeah. Let them have their moment, lady, go away. But you can hear his dad basically when he said, like, and they doubted you. They said, you're, you know, they, they doubted your size, and they doubted you. You know, he just kept saying basically that they doubted him, and he's proved – all of those doubters wrong, like by miles. He has just absolutely blown everybody away on what he can do. And he's shown his true capabilities. And man, the Alabama game just solidified what he can do. He essentially, when you look at his stats top to bottom, he's done it very quietly because again, not to, we're not going to go on a tangent, but Joe Burrow's just been that phenomenal. So essentially it almost seems as if that's overshadowing what Clyde's doing in the grand scheme of things. But man, when you look at his numbers, he's been doing it all season. It's just this Alabama game, I think pushed him over that edge. And now a lot of people are recognizing what he's been doing all season, myself included. I've seen the stats, but it was just kind of seeing that performance. It really just kind of pushed, pushed everything to where it needed to be. But man, what he did in that game and what he's done all season, he's moved as I said, he was not ranked before, so he's moved up considerably um, in, in my rankings. But, man, I, I love watching this guy play and just going back and watching some highlights. It's absolutely phenomenal to watch. Yeah, it really blows my mind because I was kind of dissecting it myself just because, like, when we talked about it, I have one guy in mind that I want to talk about, up my up guy for the, you know, for the week. But uh, this is one guy when I was watching that game and I was just blown away. And, and like we said, when when you have the eyes of the nation – on you 
this is the time you want to perform. And he knocked it out of the ballpark. I mean, he had four total touchdowns in that game, 180 yards. But Mm -hmm. there's one thing that I want to speak to about Clyde uh, that really impressed me the most. Okay, so his three biggest games of the year outside the Vanderbilt game, I'm going to leave that off for right now, but his three biggest games Mm -hmm. of the year have come against Florida, have come against Auburn, and come against Alabama. Florida has a very good defense. Very, very good defense. Okay, he averaged 10 yards a carry against that defense. 13, only had 13 carries in that game. 13 carries, a buck 34. Okay, against Auburn, Auburn, another very good defense. 26 carries, 136. And then, of course, Alabama, the 20 for 103. But I think what impressed me the most, if you put all these, you put all of his touches combined, he had 75 total touches, 501 yards. At 6.68 yards per touch. And this is catching the ball and as well as running the ball. And seven total touchdowns. Okay. You can look at these stats any which way you want to. Um, and you can see some of the games where they're not as high as others. What I want to look at when I'm looking for a guy, I want to look for the guy that's going to produce when it matters. I don't care what he does against UNLV. I don't care what he does against, Nor- you know, against a, what a Gasso. I, I don't really know what the, the name of the school or whatever they played week one. But I, I don't ca- And you know what? I don't care what he does against Vanderbilt. What I care about is when he's when the game, when the games matter. And this 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 past game mattered against Alabama. The one against Auburn mattered. Florida mattered. All these are high ranked teams when they play them. He he put he put mm-hmm. the, he put the rock in his hand. He took care of business, and and to be honest with you, I'm right next to Stoops and saying, look, this guy wasn't on my radar a month a month and a half ago when we talked running backs. He wasn't, and, and you're right. I think it is a pro a part byproduct of everybody talking about Joe. You know what I mean? And and that's you know that's can be said for us as well. But this kid's impressive. I mean, it, it, what he's done with the big games. It is nothing short of amazing, and and again, he skyrocketed up my charts as well, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. But I'm with you, Stoops, on this one, man. He he really, 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 really impressed me, and and I look forward to seeing what he does for the rest of the year, let alone heading into his uh, NFL career, because in a loaded class, like we've said once, twice, and we're going to say a thousand more times across until we get to draft time. This class is loaded. So there's going to be fines in the second and third round of your drafts that you're going to be like, man, in five years, you're going to be like, man, I stole that guy. You know, it's going to be like an Alvin Kamara. You know, I stole that guy in my rookie draft five years ago, and now he's one of the best running backs in football. And I'm not particularly talking about Clyde as a whole. It could be him, but I'm not talking about just him. But as loaded as this running back position is for this draft, somebody's going to be saying that in five years. And in five years, we're going to be using that guy as a reference while we're talking on this podcast. You know what I mean? Like, remember back five years ago, whenever, you know, Clyde was, you know, that's going to be what's going to be talked about, though. You know what I mean? It's not always about the guy that you find in the first round of your of your drafts. It's going to be that guy you find, you know, the rookie draft. You get in the second round. You get in the third rounds. You know what I mean? Because it's going to be that deep. There, there is 25 to 30 potential talented individuals that could be drafted in 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 the first you know three rounds depending on how big your draft is in this upcoming draft and Clyde is one of those guys so I'm excited to see what he does and I, I love what I see out of the guy that and you're right that spin move that was video game you know that was me that yeah. and you know the thing about, that wasn't even video game that, that you couldn't even do that on Madden you know what I mean like that you couldn't even do that on there 
Yeah, they set limitations to to how fast you can actually spin. It seems, and he he beat those limitations in real life. He really did. And one, it, go ahead. One other thing I want to say about him is one of the most impressive runs that I saw from him all night was at the end of the game. Yep. It was that twelve yard run yep. where Alabama knows they're running the clock. They're going to run the ball. Yep. And he hit the hole and he honestly probably only gained about six yards before he I'd say about five yards before he really got hit and then he got hit and he kind of didn't not the quick spin but he kind of spun around that and just kept driving now yes his offensive lineman made that made those blocks got that hole and they came and started to push him along but man he he kept driving those legs and ended up with that 12 yard game which uh, I'm sorry yard 12 yard gain which sealed the game for them that basically at that point they just kneeled it out you know, ran the clock out because Alabama um, had one time or had they still had their two timeouts or two timeouts left. So they kind of did those. But nonetheless, with the play clock time, um, game was over. Once he gained that first down, it was it was over. So it's man, that was one of the if not the most um, important and, and just most impressive runs that I saw from him all night because Alabama knew what was coming. And, and he still just broke through it and just drove to get that first down. It was it was very fun to watch. Yeah, and that's the thing, like even more so along those lines. I mean, you've already had, you know, what, 25, 30, you know, he's already had the ball 30 times, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's it's been a back and forth game. You've been on the field the entire game and it's like, man, what else do we have to do? Well, what you have to do is we're going to hand the ball off to you and we're going to ask you to win this game. And that's exactly what he did. You know what I mean? Like with that many touches under his belt, he still went and did what he did. You know what I mean? And that's the, that was, you're right. That's the most impressive run of the night. And it it still, it blows my mind uh, what he was capable of doing with the game on the line like that. It was beautiful. Absolutely. So that's going to transition to the guy I want to talk about. And I could rant and rave about this guy. I talked about him a little bit before on my podcast and, and he, he rocketed up my rankings and that's Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. Um, it was so funny. I'm sitting there talking about where am I going to rank these guys? And, and and I said, hey, man, who should I put at this slot? And you were like, Vaughn. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I I am a lot higher on Vaughn than most people are. And I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? I don't have to, you know, we don't rank the guys based on what other people are saying. We're waking the guys on what I see. And you're talking about a guy that is just absolutely shining on a team that is just dreadful they are just terrible they are they are not a very good football team they are getting blown out i mean last week 56 to 0 i mean they've gotten you know they got demolished several different times by 20 plus points they're not a very good football team this year and it has shown over and over and over again i mean they're they're leading touchdown um passer on the team has six touchdowns and four picks and let me get let me just put this in perspective for you Keyshawn Vaughn has six rushing touchdowns this year. So he actually has more total touchdowns than the quarterback does throwing this year. So that kind of tells you what kind of, you know, what kind of situation Keyshawn Vaughn is in, but that he's consistently producing. Okay. He's a hard runner. He can catch the ball. He makes plays in the open field. Um, He has 47 first downs this year. 47 first downs. That is, that is a massive massive, massively impressive stat. He's got an 85% catch percentage. Another thing that's beautiful. He's averaging eight, you know, 8.9 yards per target. There's a few little stats that I pulled out that I really like the most about him, all right? He's got 13 carries in the red zone, which 
goes to show you they're not in the red zone that much, but on those 13 mm-hmm. carries, he's converted five of them for touchdowns. Um, that, that to me is something that really jumps out of the, um, jumps off the page for me. Um, he's only got two, two, two targets in the red zone, but this team's not very, he, he doesn't run the ball very much in the red zone. And to be honest with you, he has 14 total touches in the red zone. Um, 7% of his touches are in the red zone. So it's kind of crazy. This team's not very much in the red zone. And I'll even go one step further on you, Stoops, okay? 32 of his touches this year have been in the red zone. That equates to 16% of his touchdown. The rest of them, obviously, in the op- between the 40s and the, you know, the opposite end of the football field. But you got to understand, they're getting this ball in this guy's hand in, in, when they get in the opposing side of the football, but they're not really ever on the opposing side of the football field. So it's hard for him to get touches in there. Um, like I said, the first down monster. Okay, so he's got 86 rushes and nine catches on first and 10 convert it into 20 first downs okay he's averaging 5.9 yards a carry on first down and 10 first down 10 plus okay that is massively impressive on a team that's not very 5.9 yards per carry on first down so on first down and 10 plus he's getting six yards a clip so that's half that you're already you know 60 percent of the way towards a first down and then i think somewhere in between there that's where they really get lost but um, another st- like yeah. I said on first down and ten nine catches ten targets ninety percent catch rate not just that nine catches one hundred nineteen yards and a receiving touchdown on first and ten um, and that was actually the sixty one yard touchdown run um, that he had and I'll be honest with you that was about a five yard pass that he took to the house for the for the remaining um, fifty six yards if my math is correct I'm not very good at doing math on podcasts I've noticed so. Um, just run with me here. Um, it, he's just, he's so good, man. He's just so good. Third and 10. I mean, third and 10. Listen to this stat. Third and 10. He's got three targets, three catches, 77 yards, and two first downs on, on third and 10 plus. Again, another stat that, that just, it blows my mind. On third and short, he's got eight rushes, only eight yards, but he's got four of those converted into first downs. You get the trend here, guys, okay? This guy is good when he has a football in his hands. I like him. He's he's not the biggest guy. He's 5'10", 218. He's got a little bit of size on him, which I do like a lot. Um, if we're looking at his stats year over year, um, the biggest thing that has impressed me uh, a whole lot this year is his like I said his ability last year this team was actually pretty good last year they were they were a decent team last year so he was able to get a lot more stats produced I mean last year he had a thousand yards on the ground he'll have a thousand yards this year but he's capable of still averaging 90 yards a game on the ground with this team so he's averaging a little over 117 118 total yards uh, per game this year between um, you know catching and receiving um, out of the backfield this year so for me, Keyshawn Vaughn is one of those guys. He's, he's actually going to be at the Senior Bowl. He accepted it. Him and Lipscomb um, accept, and Pinky accepted their invite to the Senior Bowl. So I'm excited for the, uh, the possibility of watching this kid play. Um, you know, if you take just a couple games. I mean, it's, it, one, one obvious game that stands out the most here is this. Against LSU, he had 20 carries, 130 yards, and two touchdowns in that game. Um, if you want to, if you want to be reminded what the final score of that game, I think they scored 30, it was 66 to 38 that game. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) they got the absolute doors blown off of them. And one of those touchdowns was a 52 yard touchdown run that he ran right up the middle, right down LSU's throat and scored a touchdown. And it was just unbelievable. 
like I said, I know more than anything that I am a lot higher than on than most guys. But I'm telling you right now, this is one point that I said to Stoops, and I'm going to finish with Vaughn here and saying this. If this kid can produce on a bad team in college that doesn't have a very good quarterback, that doesn't have a very good defense, that doesn't have a very good offense as a collectible, and their offensive line is not that good, what makes you think that Keyshawn Vaughn can't go to an NFL team that is not very good, that doesn't have the best line and not produce. I'm telling you, this kid's going to be special. He's going to be a draft day steal. He's not going to be ranked anywhere near the top of anybody else's rankings the way he is mine, and that's okay. But I'm telling you right now, Keyshawn Vaughn will be a staple on Sundays for years to come, Stoops. Well, and and looking at his his profile here on the website, I mean, he accounts for essentially 40% of the team's scrimmage yards, um, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Kalijah Lipscomb's the next close, and he's at 15%. So Keyshawn Vaughn is definitely the guy that they're looking for um, at any point, you know, anytime they're on the field. Um, and as I said earlier for Dominator rating, he's at a, a, a four, almost 15% um, Dominator rating, which is huge for a running back, absolutely huge. So to see how he is performing on, as you said, a, a really bad team, that just that does speak volumes for, for what he is capable of doing and, and what he could possibly even potentially do on the next level. Um, he's going to be a little bit later of a draft um, drafted player, obviously. So he might potentially go to a team that is already good, which is only better for him. Obviously if you've got a good offensive line. That's going to be amazing for him, but he could still go to one of those teams that needs help in the running back area. Um, and they could have a bad offensive line. So if he's able to do that now behind a bad offensive line, a bad team in general, for the most part, it would be very interesting to see how he, he does it on the next level as well. And you got to think, even a bad offensive line on the NFL level is obviously way better than what he's got now. So <laughs> exactly, it's definitely going to help help his case in that situation. Yeah, I totally agree, and that's why I like him a whole lot. And, and and I'll kind of expose what my ranking of him is later. But I mean, he's second in the team in catches, second in the team in uh, receiving yards. Um, it, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's got the longest play from scrimmage. Um, whether it's rushing, rushing and receiving for this team, he is this team. And as you said, you 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 hit on it. it's one thing I missed, but thirty nine percent of this offense goes through Keyshawn Vaughn. So that's why I like him a whole lot, and that's why he's my stock up guy um, for this week. All right, Stoops. So who's going to be your guy that's uh, trending down just a little bit uh, with the rankings here? So first, I want to start off by saying that when the news broke that he was out for the rest of the season, this was after I already got all my stats together and everything that I had had there. But Trey Sermon, running back out of Oklahoma, I do love his his play on the field. Um, it is just a completely different – Let me. it's not a completely different offense. They're running the same scheme, obviously. But the fact that Jalen Hurts there, is there now – is changing the production literally across the field uh, or across the, the landscape of the positions, especially at the running backs, because Jalen Hurts does run the ball so much. So Trey Sermon is my 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 um, guy that I moved down in my rankings. Um, he's basically on on pace to have essentially his his worst year uh, since he's been been at Oklahoma. 
Obviously, he is now out for the season, so that is solidified that it's going to be his worst season um, there. But a lot of that has to do with the quarterback play, and it has nothing to do with a bad quarterback. It's the style that he plays in. So nonetheless, I, I went through and kind of did a projection out if he were to have played a full season of 13 games because you got a 12 regular season. They're going to make a bowl game at, at worst. They're probably not making the playoffs at this point, um, but they definitely would make a bowl game. But if he were to have played, he would have finished with 78 rushing attempts, 556 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns, um, 12 receptions on 16 targets for 102 yards with one receiving touchdown. Um, accounting for 658 total yards, 20 first downs, no fumbles, which is great. But all of those numbers, um, aside from the the receiving touchdowns, which beats what he did last year, but essentially all of those numbers are the worst of his career. Um, so it, it's just it wasn't panning out to be a very, very good season for him. Um watching his play though, he looked great on the field when they would give him the ball. But it just seemed like they were going more towards Kennedy Brooks, um, you know, and then obviously when you have Jalen Hurts, um, who I've got it pulled up here. Um, where am I at? Where am I at? Yeah. So, again, projected out for Jalen Hurts, 13 games, um, 3,900 passing yards, um, six interceptions. He would have 1,260 rushing yards and 22 rushing touchdowns. So when you have a quarterback that is taking those types of numbers, it, that's just going to – that's not going to help your running backs at all, obviously, as far as having solid numbers. So um, it's it was very – and we said it earlier. It was very hard to find a, a down guy for us because ultimately, yes, his numbers are down. But overall, we're not really down on any of these guys. That's the problem. It's just that some guys are doing much better than others. That's why some of these guys have moved up or moved down. But um, – as a whole, he just wasn't doing a whole lot across the field. But most of his work is done outside of the red zone. Um, 40 rushing attempts, 349 rushing yards, one touchdown. Um, although he did have three rushing touchdowns inside the red zone. So got most of them there. Um, but overall, a lot of his work is just done outside the red zone. So it's just one of those where – and I keep saying it over and over and over. The QB play is really what hurt him this year. Because if you look at his stats last year – um, he actually had a very solid year, 928 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, uh, 12 receptions on 17 targets, 177 yards, um, accounting for 1,105 total yards and 43 first downs. So um, even having Kyler Murray last year, who still had 892 rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns, they just seemed to get Trey Sermon a lot more involved last year. Um, and just for some reason, it's definitely flipped this year. Um, maybe they just liked Kennedy Brooks more in practice. And again, we don't see the behind-the-scenes stuff. We just see what they do on Saturdays. Um, but nonetheless, this is kind of what, what we've seen and what we've had to accept this year. Um, and as far as the drop-off goes, basically, from, from um, this year to previous years, so based on this year's projections to last year's stats, he'd have a 6% drop-off on, on targets, which isn't huge. But when you look at the receiving yards, that's a 42% drop-off. And then even rushing attempts, 50% drop-off, 40% drop-off on rushing yards, and 50% drop-off on rushing touchdowns. So you're talking about a huge drop-down in, in a lot of his stats, essentially all of his stats. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, like I said, he is hurt now. They ruled him out for the rest of the season, which is just a couple games remaining. Um but it's definitely going to be interesting. He is a junior, so he very well could come back next year, which I think at this point, um, with how deep this class is, with him being hurt, 
Um, I think him coming back next year is only going to boost his stock because he is a phenomenal running back. He is absolutely phenomenal. He just hasn't had, for whatever reason, the opportunity to to showcase that again. So I think that coming back for his senior season would really, really help him. Um, you know, and we say that about a lot of guys. We said that about a couple of the the quarterbacks. We've said that about other positional players as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what his ultimate decision is. Um, but he's my he's my down guy just just based on you know what we've seen and just kind of the quarterback play. Again, not that it's a terrible quarterback play. He's absolutely he, it's they're kind of the reverse. He's doing so well that he's hurting his running back stats. But it is what it is. They're all out there to to win games, but essentially get some stats and get to that next level. So what do you got? Yeah, so to, to kind of touch on that, my guy is Eno Benjamin, and it's somebody that I really, really like, and I still really like the guy. But when it came down to ranking these guys, I ha- I was very high on Eno Benjamin. He was slotted in my three um, when we did our rankings last time. I'm still super high on the guy, but I, I think that this is another guy that we're talking about right now that I truly feel like he might benefit from coming back for his senior year. Um, a lot of his stats are down year over year. Um, he's, I mean, they scored it, it, kind of some of the things that kind of blow my mind. So in the game against uh, UCLA, he had 65 total yards, but the team scored 32 points. And it's like, what, the, the, the last few games he's been kind of struggling. The U, USC game last week, he had, you know, 52 yards in the ground. He averaged 2.6 yards a game, uh, carry. The week before that, 3.5. Yeah, he had a nice little run against Cal. Uh, Washington State, and then Utah, he averaged over 100 yards per game. But let me do a few things that kind of alarm me. Okay, first off, one thing is this. He's got already 100 less touches uh, rushing the ball than he did last year, and he's got four fumbles versus one last year. Four fumbles is a huge alarm, obviously, and three of them have been in the last two weeks. Um, that is a massive, massive red flag. Um, to coming out the gate is something that you do not want happening during the biggest games of the year. I mean, you know, obviously UCLA and then the USC game, a lot of eyes are on those two games and putting the putting the ball on the ground is not a good thing. Um, on top of that, his stats year over in, year, over year, he's down 40 yards uh, per game rushing than he was last year. He averaged 127 last year. He's only averaging 81. His yards per carry is down from 5.5 to 4.2 this year. The touchdowns are obviously down as well. The thing that I still really like about Benjamin is the fact that he is a three-down back. He can catch the ball. He does have 29 catches in nine games versus 33 um in 12 last year he's averaging a little bit more he's about averaging about 28 uh 28 yards per game catching his up uh average of uh 8.7 yards per catch is up as well he's got two uh touchdowns catching the ball as well so there's a few things that i really like about benjamin but the flip side about it is and the frustrating part about it is is you've got so many other guys that are playing so well that it's not a knock on the guys we're talking about. It's just a, a, just seriously, when I sat down to do my top 10, I, and Stoops and I talked about this off the air, and we're going to talk about it when we talk about our top 10 here in just a few minutes, is it was really hard to talk about. Like, it was really, really hard. And and to be honest with you, there has been some red flags about Benjamin this year. I mean, he's got, I think, like one, two, three, four, five, like five games under, you know, 3.5 yards of carry this year. That That's a little alarming. He is still getting fed the ball a lot. I mean, he's got over 20 carries in, uh, in six of his games this year. I mean, so he's getting the ball, and he's getting the ball 20 times a game pretty much every single game. 
But the thing about it is he's not always producing with the with with the opportunities that he had. He's had two big time games. Even the game against Cal, he had 29 carries, and that's how he got to 100 yards. I mean, he did have the three touchdowns in that game, but he averaged 3.4 yards a carry, and that's not always on the running back. We know that. I mean, we've seen guys like, you know, Todd or you know, uh, Melvin Gordon go out here. Melvin Gordon had one of the worst yards per carry that I've ever seen, and, and he had, you know, he led the league in touchdowns. You know, it's not always on the running back for the yards per carry, but being able to produce at a high level, we've got to see and and. That's why Eno dropped. When I sat down going through my top 10, I was like, man, I was so high on Eno. I cannot drop him out of my top 10. And that's just a little bit of a spoiler. But I, I didn't have a choice, Stoops. It's like, I don't want to knock Eno Benjamin because I like Eno Benjamin. But there's so many more other guys to like just a little bit more than some of these other guys. And that's the hard part of us ranking these guys is – is it's so hard because there's so much talent going into this draft this year. Yeah, and you you just uh, that's exactly the point is where we rank these guys, you know, on the top end of things, you know, yeah, those are the guys that we probably do like a little bit more or higher, but realistically, once you hit that, I would say for sure the even the three mark, you know, three, four and down, it's kind of just like we love all these guys and it's kind of just flip a coin almost. But, you know, it's it's just a deep class. And the biggest thing is going to be who declares and who comes back. Because essentially, aside from like Keyshawn Vaughn, all of these running backs we've been talking about, technically, obviously most of them won't, technically they could all come back. You know what I mean? So yep. that's going to really – that's going to change rankings massively. Obviously, once we see who is declared, we have a very strong feeling on who is going to who who is and who isn't going to declare. Actually, I don't know who isn't. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> right? Exactly. The one that I'm really, really, and and kind of going on a tangent, I guess. But the one I'm really interested to see is Chuba. What does Chuba do? Because he is a redshirt sophomore, so he's still got a little bit more time at the college level if he so chooses. But again, it's had a phenomenal year. It's kind of like, can you top what you've done? You know, but maybe there's more to what he wants to do as a person because he seems like a very down to earth person. Maybe he wants to come back and try and push for a Big 12 championship or maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's that kind of guy. But nonetheless, like you just said, ranking these guys, man, it was it wasn't easy. It was not easy. No, not at all. And that's the thing that was really uh really hard for me to do and I guess we can kind of transition into that if you give me your top five guys to go and then I'll go ahead and and, and flip with my top five yeah so um top five number one didn't change for me I still got Jonathan Taylor sitting at number one um this one uh, number two is a big one of the big biggest moves that I had but I put I moved Travis Etienne back up to number uh number two um, he was my number one going into the very, very start of the season. But once I did my rankings, he was not number number um, number one for me. He was actually number five when we released those last rankings. So moved up three slots for me. Got J.K. Dobbins at number three, DeAndre Swift at four. Um, and then I got Cam Akers moving up back into the top five. Yeah, so obviously I think we both 1,000% agree about Jonathan Taylor. Like he's going to be number one. He's not going anywhere. That's He is the best back in this draft. And, and there's some other guys that are really good, but – I think Jonathan Taylor is the cream of the crop. Um, my number two is actually DeAndre Swift. He moved up from six to two. Uh, my number three is Keyshawn Vaughn. He moved from seven to three. And then Chuba at four, who went from two to four. And then Najee Harris moved from eight to five. Uh, what about your six yeah. through ten? 
Yeah, so for me, I've got Najee Harris sitting at number six. Um, it's We've said it, what we just saw um, based on, again, what we saw last game against um, against LSU and then the, the, the whole season as a whole, just kind of piecing everything together, man. Yeah, he, and, he moved and, up and, five yeah, stats. Yeah, and that's the thing. Let me. I don't mean to cut you off, but to, to talk about um, – you know, it, it was hard not picking not picking this guy on on the obviously on the stock up, but this guy is on a massive massive tear these last few weeks, and I really feel like he's kind of carrying this team a little bit. And I think him running the balls really helped them as a collective whole because I mean, he's got four or four straight games with over a hundred total yards, and he's got you know he's got I think like six or seven touchdowns in that in that time frame as well. So it's been impressive. Uh, what he did and then what he did in that game against LSU, man, he just, they ran the ball down their throat with Najee Harris and he just took the ball and ran with it. Sorry about that, but yeah. No, and and, and not even just the running ability. Oh, the pass fact that yeah. a running back can yeah. go out for a pass and adjust to a back shoulder oh throw. Oh, I forgot about and that. catch oh my, it for a beautiful. touchdown speaks volumes for his pass catching ability that he's able to make those adjustments because you know there might be some running backs out there they can do it they're all stupid athletic but that we saw it most of the time they kind of you know they go out um on a route and it's a little dump off for him and they make the rest happen he legitimately went out on a route and a back shoulder throw and made the adjustment to catch it that that was just phenomenal to me so Everything you said, plus those pass catch, that pass, pass catching ability, is just is is making him skyrocket up up my draft board, everyone's draft board, your draft board, you just name it. He's moving up. So, Najee Harris number six, um, Chuba Hubbard moved down to seven for me again. No knock at Chuba; he's an absolute stud. It's just what I am seeing from other guys have moved him up above them. So, nonetheless, Eno Benjamin sitting at number eight for me. I've got Clyde sitting at number nine. Again, he was technically the biggest mover because I had him unranked before. And then Keyshawn Vaughn sitting at number 10. That hurts my feelings, you picking on Keyshawn Vaughn. I know it does. <laughs> number six, I got J.K. Dobbins. Um, he went four to six for me. Again, it speaks volumes to the other guys ahead of him. Uh, Travis Etienne, I think he's probably my favorite running back in the entire world, and I, it's, it pains me. He was actually five, moved to seven. Um, one little note about him, I feel like he's depend- I think his ranking is going to be dependent on where he lands. If he lands in the perfect place, Let's just say hypothetically he lands in Kansas City. I think Travis Etienne is going to be the number one overall pick of everybody's draft. Um, but that's like an ideal landing, obviously. And then Clyde's at number eight. Number nine's A.J. Dillon. And number 10 is Cam Akers. Um, man, that's, <laughs> there's so many guys that we didn't even talk about that are just like sitting behind. Um, I'm just like I looking know. at them and I'm like, wow. But for me personally, I, th- I think this is probably, you know, speak to a collective whole and kind of what, we're, what we've got moving forward for you guys is – we are going to obviously do a wide receiver one of these in the uh, uh, next week. And then after that, we're going to start trying to focus on doing some player profiles. Um, Stoops and I, we're, not, we're probably not going to release another rankings until after um, after bowl season, right around bowl season when we start hearing the guys declare and, and stuff like that. Because uh, to reevaluate these guys in December, I don't think would be absolutely the grandest idea since it's right around the corner. But on top of that, Stoops have some Stoops and I have some good stuff planned for you guys in the near future. For some of the guys that we know are going to come out, some of these seniors that are coming out that we know are, we're going to do some player profiles on these guys, and and we're going to release those individually. So let's just say we have like a 
a Justin Herbert, you know what I mean? We, we'll do a player profile on him, and and some of these, you know, some of these seniors that we have talked about a little bit, but like you know, we're gonna go kind of in depth for, you know what I mean? There's a lot of guys that we were texting about it earlier. I mean, we've got some seniors that we really could talk about, you know what I mean? You got Jalen Hurts, you got Herbert, you've got Costello, we got Montez, we got Stanley, you know what I mean? There's a lot of guys that we can talk about that are gonna be seniors that we can kind of break down. And we're going to just basically single them out and talk about them and and give us you know our thoughts our our you know our ideal landing spots for some of these guys and where we see their future, um, not you know in, in in the real world of football and then obviously on the Devi slash fantasy football side of things as well. So I'm really looking forward to doing that Stoops and kind of honing in and watching some tape on these guys one by one because I really feel like that's going to kind of turn some eyes and maybe change our opinions. So once we do get settled to do those rankings, once we once we sit down and watch the game tape from the entire year, man, that stu- stood out instead of that stood out and, and, and stuff like that. So I'm kind of excited about that, Stoops, um, what we've got upcoming in here in the near future. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. Um, I'm so pumped about it that I've already started to get kind of a template together on the stats that I would like to have together and then even some 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 you know merged cells on my Excel spreadsheet basically for uh, some notes and some some stuff like that. So I'm I'm very excited to get those out and you know some quick quick easy listens, nothing nothing extensive, um, but definitely make sure you've got a good amount of information, a good amount of knowledge, you know, that we're trying to push into it and get get it out there for you guys to make a quick easy listen. For sure, for sure. And folks, do us a favor. Head on over to the expandtheboxcore.com. Um, they've got tools on college football, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, college basketball. I, I, I we apparently like we've got it all. You know what I mean? There's nothing we don't have. Use the uh, use the code Stoops, um, capital letters, and get ten percent off that. I mean, it, it's a fantastic tool. We talk about it every week on this podcast, which is where we get a lot of our stats from. I think it's very helpful, very useful, um, not just for uh, you know college football, but all the other sports are covered and um, some DFS stuff as well. I know some of the guys that um, they post some great articles like daily. That is um, really awesome. Um, just the one that comes to mind, Al Hunter. He posts four players that he's going to be targeting for each game on the NBA slate uh, on DraftKings every single night. I use it to play a little bit of NBA DraftKings, so it's it's pretty awesome for uh, to to check out and see what the other tools that we bring to the table. Uh, make sure to do us a favor. Give give Stoops a follow, man. I love following Stoops, not just because he's my partner, but man, he's he always spits out some great stats on his Twitter, and um, he's very interactive. So if you ever have any dynasty questions, my man is there, uh, ready for you at Stoops nineteen ninety. Uh, give myself a follow at Ricky Valero underscore. Um, if you want to talk about Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Burrow, and more Joe Burrow, I would definitely interact with you as I am the president of that fan club. But folks. Thanks for tuning in, man. We really appreciate all the listens. They've been moving up and up every single week. So thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Stoops and I work really hard on this podcast. We do a lot of research. We talk a lot about football. We love football. So doing this for you guys is really a a highlight of my week. And it's a a, a true reward um, having people reach out to us and tell us how good the podcast is and, and subscribing and consistently tuning in. So... Folks, until next time, uh, Stoops and I are out. See y'all later. 
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 